book of Matthew. And um, please keep me in prayer because, you know, I was up all night um, and I, I, I still ain't get it yet. So, but I, 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 by faith, I believe that even that which I haven't seen yet, that God is able to bring it forth. Even during, during the preaching. Amen. Matthew chapter 22, and we'll be reading from verse 34 to verse 40. Matthew 22, verse 34 through to verse 40. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version, which should be on your screen. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. He said, On these two commandments, Hang all the law and the prophets. You may be seated. Heavenly Father, please, Lord, have your way. Have your way in the preaching. Have your way, Lord, in our hearing. Have your way in our understanding. Yes, Lord. Oh, help us to hear exactly what you want us yes, to hear. Help us to understand it exactly the way that you want us to understand it. That it may do exactly what you intend yes, for it to do. So, Father, you have your way, Lord. Yes, Lord. You speak through me, Lord God. Don't let me be a hindrance to what you want to say. But have your way, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. From this passage of scripture, I want to talk to you this morning on the subject, it's a love thing. It is a love thing. In the, throughout the gospel, we often see Jesus being approached by the Pharisees and the, and the Sadducees, also with, with, with their scribes, always asking him questions, always challenging him about the law and what it was all about. So in this passage of scripture is like most scriptures in the most passages in the Bible where here we have another confrontation. But I notice when Jesus is challenged, it always presents an opportunity for him to teach those who are willing to learn. 
You see, it, it tells us here that the, the Pharisee, hearing that Jesus has silenced their arch rivals who, who were the Sadducees, addressing an issue which the Pharisees believed in, but the Sadducees didn't believe in. He was addressing the issue of the resurrection. So he, so he silenced the Sadducees and the Pharisees was excited that he's, he, 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 he's, he shut them up with something that we have been telling them all this time. All right. But I see the fact that in spite of what happened as a result of Jesus' answer, they were not satisfied. So they approached him. He said, trying to trap him, trying to trap him in his words, trying to test him. So when I, when I go, but, but when, I, when I look over this passage of Scripture, when they ask him the question, which is the great commandment in the law? What they are initially saying, which commandments defines the core of the Torah law? The, what they're really asking is which commandment stands at the center? Which commandment summarizes it? Right. Is there one law that is key to all the laws? When we think about it, it, it is an, and it was and it is an excellent question. All this law that God has given to his people, what is it all about? All right. So when I, when I look at, at, at the history of the Jewish people and the scribes, the, the Jewish law included 613 commandments. 365 of those commands was, was what they referred to as prohibition commandments. Meaning that it tells you stuff not to do. All right. It tells you what God says that you should not do. Right. It also tells us that there was 248 positive commandments. Uh -huh. So these are the do's and the don'ts. Six hundred and thirteen. But the scribes would examine each commandment in details and they would devise complex rules to help the people to understand how to obey each commandment in every conceivable situation. So they have a lot of commandments to go over. So I can see them being weary, trying to obey all this commandment, trying to go through all these rules and trying to dictate where does this one fit and where does that one fit. But Jesus broke it down and said, all you have really have to do, all it is really about is loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and loving your neighbor as, you, as yourself. You see, it, it is good for us that such a question was asked. That, 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 that we might have his answer. Not our answer. Not nobody else's answer. But that we may have his 
answer to this question. So we can have a better understanding of what God's commandments are all about. So Jesus responded. He says, thou shalt love. Thou shalt love the Lord with everything. And don't forget your neighbor. Thou shalt also love your neighbor as yourself. You know, sometimes we are so quick to say how much we love God. But what about your neighbor? Because he said the second is just like the first. So in spite of you all these laws and you trying to dictate and obey and say you love God, but don't forget about You, your neighbor. I mean, anybody, you, pretty much anybody, you ask them if they love God. But ask them about somebody down the street. Ask them about somebody on their, on their job. Ask them about somebody who they just can't stand. What about that person? Do you love that person? So he said, don't leave your neighbor out. In other words, Jesus just simply broke it down and said, it is a love thing. It is a love thing. He made it, he made it so simple, but yet it remained so difficult because we know so little about love. So, so, so what is he, when we talk about love, in verse, let's look at verse 37. So he said, love the Lord your God. But how do we love God? I think Jesus gave us a, a, a clear indication of how to love God when he says, when he says in John 14, verse 15, he said, if you love me, you will keep my commandment. So how often we say we love God, but when it comes to keeping his commandment, we, we, we stray away from it. But, but do you love God? Oh, yeah. I love God, but what about his commandment? He said, if you love me, you will keep my commandment. So he said, love God. But he also say that, he said, the Lord. He said, love the Lord, your God. You see, Lord says that it speaks of surrender. It's saying that I am up under his rule. I am up under his control. Remember, don't you remember the Bible say how Sarah called Abraham Lord because she was up under his leadership. So when we refer to him as Lord, 
Lord is not a polite statement. It's not a polite name that we call him like sir and mister. Lord means something. It means that I am up under his control. So he said, love the Lord. Then he said, your God. What is your God? You see, your God is that which you choose to worship. Your God is that which you choose to worship. And, 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 and honestly, we have allowed a lot of things to become. We have allowed a lot of things to become our God. Because of where we place them in our lives. So he said, love the Lord your God. But, he, but, but when he talks about obedience in love, he talks about surrender in Lord and worship in God. He, all he's saying, obey, surrender, and worship with all your heart. That's basically what he's saying. Love, surrender, and worship with all your heart. Heart, And if you love, surrender, and worship with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, it will take care of everything that God is asking of you. Everything that God is designed for, for us to do, it will be covered if we surrender, if we obey, surrender, and worship. So we, so we can understand. So he said, with all, that means he wants it all. He wants it all. He wants all our mind. He wants everything. He wants it all. So when he talks about with our heart, he's referenced to the center, the, the center of our being. So he said, worship me with the center of our being. He wants to be at the center of our lives. See? talks about with our soul, the seat of our affection and desires. He wants that also. Right. He, when he talks about our mind, the home of our thoughts and reason. Yes, sir. Don't the Bible say, bring every thought captive yes. to the obedience of Christ? He wants yes, it all. Yes. So it tells us that the love of God must dwell in all these parts of our complex nature, filling the whole man with its gracious, sanctifying influence. You see, when we love God the way we are to love God, when we surrender to God with our all, when we worship him, when we walk in obedience, it will sanctify us. We will be sanctified. We will be we will be really be changed. We will stand. Now we'll begin to walk in all that God has called us to walk in. We'll walk in all that God has for us. But first we have to obey, surrender, and worship with our entire being. But in verse 39, he said, love your neighbor as yourself. But I noticed that when it comes to loving each other, there are different types 
of love. It tells us that there is the agape love. It tells us that there is the filial love. There is a love that is called storage, S-T-O-R-G-E, I hope I'm pronouncing it right. And there is a love that is called eros, E-R-O-S. The agape love is that unconditional love, the love that sees beyond the outer surfaces and accepts the individual for who he or she is regardless of the flaws, regardless of the shortcomings, regardless of their ways, regardless of their lifestyle. We love them as a human being. But how often do we refuse to love because of what people stand for? How often do we refuse to love because of who people are associated with? How often we refuse to love because we don't agree with a particular thing that is in a person's life? And when we refuse to love in spite of, that means that we haven't really gotten that agape understanding. We haven't really gotten what love is all about. We have this misconception that if we love people, we are supportive of what they do. Absolutely not. The Bible says we are to love regardless. He's going for us and love your enemies. He's talking about this agape love. Didn't God love us? He said, while we were still sinners, that he loved us? While we were so contrary to him? While, while everything we were doing was so offensive to him? But he still loved us, and when it comes for us to love other people, we, we hold back on love. But then there is the filial love. This is the affectionate, warm, and tender love that makes one desire friendship. So when he said love your enemy, he's talking about the agape love but you may not have filial with them. Because you, because you wouldn't want your enemy to be your friend. But you still gotta love them. There is that, 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 that stores, that's the family and friendship love. This is the love that parents naturally feel for their children. And there is that eros love, is that the passionate, an intense love that arouses romantic feelings. It is a kind that often triggers high feeling in a new relationship and makes one say, I love him or I love her. It is, an sexu it is a sexual and emotional love. But how does this all help us? Where do we fit into all this thing? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> you see, if, if anybody needs to get 
this love thing, it is us. See, we are the stewards of God. We are his ambassadors. We are his representative in a world that is confused about love. You see, we are living in a time, time when the word love is often used and its meaning varies from person to person. It varies from situation to situation where my I love you doesn't mean the same as yours even when we are dealing with the same thing. It is an age where the word love is often used to influence, it's often used to encourage, it's often used to manipulate others to allow us to have our own ways with them, fulfilling our selfish desires. And as I, as I listened to a few songs, I could hear the ups and downs, I could hear the highs and lows that what is viewed as love. We were encouraged to stand up and join the caravan of love. But we have also heard the contemplation, what love got to do with it. I mean, I've heard a song that asks the question, say, if love so is so nice, tell me why it hurts so, 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 so bad. And, and, and songs that, that say, with boldness, if loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right. And, and I heard a song that say, I just want to be loved, not for who you think I am, but who, nor who you want me to be, but just love me for me. Real love with no strings attached. I want to give you my heart, and I don't want to take it back. You see, at the core, all of us really need love. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, Paul instructs the believers to walk in love, signifying that there is an ability that the believer have to do so. But he, I see he connects the ability to express love with who we are, the children of God. We are the offspring of love, as John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Love gave birth to the believer. We were born out of love. The Bible also tells us that as a believer, love is the essence of our very being. 1 John 4 and verse 8 says, Whosoever does not love does not know God. So if you love, you know God. But sometimes we get confused about what love really is. What love really looks like. 
So in spite of all that is said, the question still remains. What is love? For us to love God, for us to love our neighbor, for us to walk in love, we have to have an understanding of what love is. 1 John 4, verse 8. 1 John 4, verse 8. Not only did it say, whosoever does not love, whosoever does not love does not know God, but it also tells us that God is love. But, but, but what does that mean? That God is love. It, it is simply saying that love is the true expression of the essence of God. God is love. Love is the true expression of the essence of God. True love falls under one government. The government of God. When we express love, the essence of God, his very character is being presented. You see, true love does not violate God's laws. Romans chapter 13 verse 10 says, Love worketh no ill. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. You see, sometimes what we think is love has long passed the boundaries of love. What we think sometimes is love has long passed the boundaries of love and we are strolling down Self Avenue. You see, love has a confinement compound. Love has like a property line, a, 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 a state line. It has like a, a, a city limits. Because, if I, because I might be standing here on my property. But as soon as I step down here, I am no longer on my property. So love has a, has a place that only when you're operating within that space, it is love. But when you step outside of that place, it is no longer love. But, but, but we have, we, we, we have the, 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 this tendency to, to label everything love. You know, you, we often hear this, the, the same people, we know, oh, I'm, I made love to her, I made love to him. My question is this now, are you married? Uh -huh. 
So, so, so hold on. So why do you call it making love? Is it, was it a sin? Was it a violation of God's laws? Then why do you call it love? So you're simply saying, all you're really saying is that I had sex. But what we're doing, we're trying to make it look so special. That, that, that we call it something that is really not. And if, if we as believers don't know what love is, if we don't know what love look like, how can we walk in love? How can we express love? If you love me, you will sleep with me. If you love me, you will wait. Because the Bible tells me in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that love is patient. So if you love me, you will wait and we can do this thing right where it is right in the sight of God. So now when we do what we call making love, it is no longer a violation against God and then it is really making love. So we have, we, we have stepped across these boundaries that, that of love. But we still want to call it love when we have stepped outside of what love really is and 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 the more we do it is the more it messes us up the more we do it the more it mess up the world because we should be setting the example we should call in what black black and white white we should call in things exactly for what they are but until we know exactly what it is it's difficult for us to call things exactly what they are. Put in the wrong label on things. It's like going to the grocery store. And if I'm trying to buy a can of corn, and it's labeled corn, but when I go home and I open the can and looking for corn, I see green beans. Now that's going to affect me the next time I go back shopping for corn. Be, 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 because I have that memory that there was a time when something that was labeled corn wasn't corn when I opened it. And I believe there's a lot of times people get even married thinking that they have found love. But if we read 
1 Corinthians chapter 13. It will give us a guideline of what loves look like. It will give us a guideline of how love behaves. It will give us a guideline of what love really is. So we, so we put this label, we put this love label on and, and, and all these kind of things that it has already passed the boundaries of love. It has stepped outside the confinement of love. So when we understand that it is a love thing, when we understand that it's all about love, we will seek to love, we will seek to know the love of God. Because only God can really teach us what love really is. You see, I believe that the, 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 the Hebrew people, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the scribes were so much caught up in all these different commandments that they began to get away from what it was really all about. And, and we can say that about this time, this age that we are living in, we get caught up in so many other, so many different things that we forget that it is all about that's what it's about everything that God has done for us is all about everything that he wants us to do it's all about love that mean I have your best interest at heart if I I'm encouraging you to sin. I don't have your best interests of heart. That means it is not love. But that is where we are today. We have so much caught up in our own feeling, our own fleshly desires, that we just put love and just about any and anything so we can have what we want. But it's time for us to get back to what it's all about. It is a love thing. You see, I don't, oh, I might not always feel like loving the person who keep on getting on my nerves, but the Bible says I ought to love them anyway. You see, our flesh might be saying that I can't love him. I can't love her. Don't you remember what they did, don't you remember what they say? But love should be raising up in us and say, you got to love them anyway because that is walking in obedience to the word of God. You see, if we wasn't for love, none of us would be here. The songwriter said, it was love that lifted me when nothing else could help. It was love that lifted me. You see, God wants us to show love that the world can see that there is a love that can lift you up. In spite of how far you have fallen, there is a love that can lift you up. 
But if we preach this love and don't live this love, why should they be convinced that there is such a love? It is a love thing. That's what he's always been about. That's what it is still about today. It is a love thing. It don't matter how much you think what they're doing is wrong. As wrong as it is, we have a responsibility to love. It's only love going to draw them in. It's only love going to keep them want to come. If they come in here and they don't feel the love of God being expressed through us, why should anybody come back in here? Why should anybody come back in here if there is no love in the house where there are people who are supposed to be filled with love? Where is the love? Where has the love gone? Is the love still here? And if so, are we expressing the love? The love according to the word of God and not the love according to our own interpretation of what love is. It is a love thing. Love. That's what it's all about. It is what will, that, it is a thing that will make the change. Love is what did it for us. It was because of the love. He said, for God so love. People are to say, because the people at New Mission so love, I'm going to keep on going. Even though I know the things that I do ain't right, but I can just feel the love. The song said, can you feel the love tonight? Every time people come in here, they ought to just feel the love. And if they don't feel the love, we have missed it. Because it is a love thing. It is all about love. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you.